to robert ross thirteenth of april eighteen ninety seven from the catalogue of the Delau collection this librivox recording is in the public domain lot fourteen from reading dated april thirteenth eighteen ninety seven addressed to my dear robbie eight pages folio i am sorry that the last visit was such a painful and unsatisfactory one to begin with i was wrong to have blank present he meant to be cheery but i thought him trivial everything he said including his remark that he supposed time went very fast in prison a singularly unimaginative opinion and one showing an entirely inartistic lack of sympathetic instinct annoyed me extremely then your letter of sunday had of course greatly distressed me you and moore had both assured me that there was enough money waiting for me to enable me to live comfortably and at ease for eighteen months or two years i now find that there is exactly fifty pounds and that perforce out of this have to come the costs of two solicitors who have already had long interviews with mr hargrove and incurred much expense the balance is for me my dear robbie if the fifty pounds covers the law costs i shall be only too pleased if there is any balance remaining i don't want to know anything about it pray don't offer it to me even in acts of charity there should be some sense of humour you have caused me the greatest pain and disappointment by foolishly telling me a complete untruth how much better for me had you said to me yes you will be poor and there will be worse things than poverty you have got to learn how to face poverty simply directly and straightforwardly but when a wretched man is in prison the people who are outside either treat him as if he was dead and dispose of his effects or treat him as if he was a lunatic and pretend to carry out his wishes and don't or regard him as an idiot to be humoured and tell him silly and unnecessary lies or look on him as a thing so low so degraded as to have no feelings at all a thing whose entire life in its most intimate relations is to be bandied about like a common shuttlecock in a vulgar game in which victory or failure are of really little interest as it is not the life of the players that is at stake but only someone else's life you did not tell me the truth you and my friends did not carry out my directions and what is the result instead of two hundred pounds a year i have a hundred and fifty pounds instead of one-third of the interest which on the death of my wife's mother would amount to about fifteen hundred pounds a year i have no more than a bare one hundred and fifty pounds to the end of my days my children will have six hundred or seven hundred pounds a year apiece their father will remain a pauper but that is not all that is merely the common money side my life is to be ruled after a pattern of respectability 
my friends are to be such as a respectable solicitor would approve of i owe this robbie to your not telling me the truth and not carrying out my instructions and the grotesque thing about it all is that i now discover when it is too late to do anything that the entire proceedings have been done at my expense that i have had to pay for advice and opinions worthless and pernicious so that out of a hundred and fifty pounds given to more aidy for my use nothing now remains at all but i suppose about one pound ten shillings six pence don't you see what a wonderful thing it would have been for me had you been able to hand me the hundred and fifty pounds on my coming out on wednesday how welcome such a sum would have been of what incalculable value now the whole thing without my permission being asked is spent in a stupid and ill-advised attempt in making discord in promoting estrangement a great deal more in this strain follows recapitulating the stupidity and injustice of his friends i have written bitterly about frank harris because he came down to make gorgeous offers of his cheque-book to any extent i required and then sent a verbal message to say he had changed his mind in the whole of this law business my life has been gambled for and staked on the board with utter recklessness flaubert once made la bêtise humaine incarnate in two retired solicitors or solicitors clerks called bouvard et percuchet the opinions of my secret solicitor if collected would prove a serious rival to flaubert's grotesques for sheer crass stupidity they if correctly reported are perfectly astounding he then proceeds to detail the incredibly stupid actions which were advised and allowed blank tells mr hargrove that a large sum of money is at my disposal and that i am in no want of money at all it is supposed o oh, sancta simplicitas that this will overawe mr hargrove and prevent his bidding against you the sole result is that mr hargrove tells my wife that he has it on the authority of blank, that i am going to be in no want of money so that there is not the smallest necessity for increasing the one hundred and fifty pounds so my wife writes to me at christmas and advises me to invest the money in an annuity so as to increase my income she naturally supposed that it was about three thousand pounds something that one could buy an annuity with so did i i find that the entire sum was a hundred and fifty pounds of which everything except about thirty-five shillings has to go in lord expenses the other clever lie is to pretend to mr hargrove that you are not my agents but quite independent people while assuring the registrar of bankruptcy that you are really my agents as for me you tell me that you are acting independently but i find it is with my money more aidy really expected mr hargrove to believe in the ridiculous comedy 
i need hardly say that mr hargrove was not taken in for a single moment nothing could exceed the heroism with which you exposed me to danger the letter goes on to deplore in detail and seriatim all the misfortunes which have been brought upon him as the result of acting against his advice in point of fact robbie you had better realise that of all the incompetent people on the face of god's earth in any matter requiring wisdom common sense straightforwardness ordinary intelligence blank is undoubtedly the chief i have written to him a letter about himself which i beg you will at once go and study he is cultivated he is sympathetic he is kind he is patient he is gentle he is affectionate he is full of charming emotional qualities he is modest too much so about his intellectual attainments i value his opinion of a work of art far more than he does himself i think he should have made and still can make a mark in literature but in matters of business he is the most solemn donkey that ever stepped he has neither memory nor understanding nor capacity to realise a situation or appreciate a point his gravity of manner makes his entire folly mask as wisdom every one is taken in he is so serious in manner that one believes he can form an intellectual opinion now i have realised this i feel it right robbie that you should know it he is incapable as i have written to him of managing the domestic affairs of a tom-titted a hedge for a single afternoon you are a dear affectionate nice loving fellow but of course in all matters requiring business faculty utterly foolish i didn't expect advice from you i merely expected the truth come when you like to this place near havre you shall be as welcome as a flower and attacked till you know yourself you have a heavy atonement before you signed yours o w lot fifteen from reading undated two pages folio addressed to dear robbie a long and important letter anticipating his release and giving detailed instructions as to preparations etc see illustration number five page twenty nine i now hear that dieppe has again been decided on i dislike it as i am so well known there but i can move on i suppose i believe you are to be there very well it will give me pleasure to see you but it is much better that blank should not be with us as i know i could not restrain myself from discussing the terrible position in which i have been placed through his want of practical intelligence and legal knowledge with you while your initial error had fatal consequences of course you have no business capacity i would not like you if you had so i can't blame you i hope abroad to talk about lovely things we have been friends for many years if at dieppe you can find a place about ten miles off by rail where we could go a little quiet place please do so
i am well known at all the dieppe hotels and of course my arrival will be telegraphed to london i see you then at dieppe signed yours oscar end of section end of letters of oscar wilde volume three eighteen ninety five to eighteen ninety seven